0: to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stuart Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I am Blake Harrison. Joining me as ever is
1: Stuart
0: Wathen. All right?
1: Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, more elaborate. Every show. That's more, my more aim. And that higher. My aim.
0: Higher pitched.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh... You're a, you're a bit of a media darling, aren't you, with your vocal range?
0: <laughs> That's what they call me.
1: Media <laughs> yeah. darling. Harris you know Harrison, range. the media darling. Oh, yeah. Can mate. Really hit those high points. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you? Are you all right? I might. It's a bit chilly in here today, <laughs> isn't it, mate? Ridiculous. It, it felt that it was uh, a bit bad for us to be sitting here in coats. But uh, the pipes on the uh, the heating system in this studio are frozen. So it's ridiculous. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to be looking at my phone as well uh, on this episode because the printer in my office, (laughs) the printer literally come up on the screen today (laughs) Uh, until printer reaches room temperature, unable to print. Even the printer's cold today. It's about minus four. It's ridiculous, isn't it's, it?
0: It's very, very cold. we got the heating working for, like, on, we've got a little electric heater down here. Don't oh, let them know that. Mate, this feels lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I might just do that. <laughs> that feels so nice. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what's trying to keep us going yeah. I thought there'd be, like, air like, coming out of our mouths that you could see visu- visually Not see yet. that. Not, Not yet. yet. But, uh, but we're getting there. So we're going to very frostily... Uh, mm. Talk about UFC 297.
1: It's going down at the... Is it Scotiabank? Scotiabank yes. Arena in well, Canada. It
0: may be very apt that we're cold for this. It's in Canada. Scotia Bank. me darling. Yes. I did actually see some breath just come out of your <laughs> mouth. It's, yeah, it's getting cold. It's getting cold, boy. Um, but, yeah, so very aptly, we'll be very frostily talking you through UFC 297 coming at you from Canada. So, should we just dive straight in? Yeah. Yeah, boy. Um, Strickland versus Duplessis. Look at it. Still looks weird, doesn't it? It Strickland looks so with the weird. Still it looks, looks so weird, mate. Um, but, yes... Uh, I mean, I'll start us off. Okay. And I'll say, <clears throat> I thought I knew who these two men were before their last fights. Okay. I thought we were looking at like, you know, a top 10 guy in in Sean Strickland, never yeah. really going to fight for a belt. And then uh, Drickus was like, a, you know, he was an exciting fighter in a lot of ways, but such a terrible gas tank that when he fights the elite... He'll get found out. He's got a new nose. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Cut two. Dricker's fighting Rob with his new nose. Mm. No gas tank issues. Yeah. And I also, I'll get back to this in a minute. But so he absolutely smashed through Robert Whitaker. And then Sean Strickland, six weeks later, fights Israel Adesanya. And you're like, what have I just watched? Yeah. So basically, I have zero real idea who's going to win this fight because I don't know who either of these men are because mm. the, the people I thought they were is just not who they The fighters I thought they were, mm. not who they are. Their ceilings are much higher than I thought they were. So we could, we could literally be looking at the two best middleweights in the world. Mm. That's very possible. I know that Izzy's still out there, Hamzat's out there. But... What do you think? Do you think we could actually be looking at the te- best two middleweights on the planet right now when we look at these two men? Uh, Sean Strickland, no. No. But, but
1: I mean, look what he did. No, I know, was... I know, I know. And I'm not suggesting that Izzy was having a bad day, but, I mean, we've seen oh, – we saw what Pereira had done to him. And, yeah, I, I don't think he's the best. I mean, the picture tells a different story. He's got that strap yeah. over his shoulder, which is bananas. Um you know, when we done our predictions of the year last year, none of us would ever have been a million years guess
0: this. Hell no. So last year, he was coming off of, I think, two back-to-back losses. One of them to Alex Pereira, where he got yeah. just sent to the Shadow Realm. And then uh, the other one's Canoneer in, in maybe a slightly controversial, I think it was mm-hmm. a split decision. Yeah. Um, but he's coming off two losses. And not to guys that, well, Alex Pereira, obviously, but like Jared Kananir, you know, Fought for a belt, it was not like he's in his late 30s. He's not someone that anyone's predicting to be a champion mm-hmm. anytime soon or anything, as much as he's a decent fighter. So to come back from that and then at the year that he he had, particularly again, beating Imavov surprised me. Mm-hmm. Abus Magomedov kind of didn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. To go into that Adesanya fight and do what he did was just. Crazy. Have we been selling him short? Has everything clicked for him? Is he now the best middleweight on the planet? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Definitely not. Clip that. That's a nice 10-second clip for the uh, shorts. (laughs) Is he the best middleweight on the planet? No. Moving on. There you go. Great. So let's talk about his strengths, right?
1: So I think his strengths are right. I do think, you know, Pereira fireside, he's got quite a good guard. I I like that sort of Philly shell he fights in. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Um I think he's he's quite good at sort of dictating the pace of fights. I think like... He's a good pressure fighter. Both of them are, actually. Yeah, and so I wonder, is Drickus going to be... Because is Drickus going to be able to kind of of get them big power shots off and is that guard going to be covering him? Is he going to gas? I don't know. If he's going to be dealing with that kind of onward pressure that that Strickland likes to, to throw. I think... We was chatting about this briefly before we started, and I was like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, because I do think that people forget, early on in his career, Drickus won a lot of fights on the ground. Yeah. and And I think that's where he wins this fight, and I think that's how this fight's going to go.
0: It's really interesting you say that, because... I'
1: you think to, the complete opposite?
0: No, no, no. I'm going to have to skip through some, some notes here because I had, uh, I had it sort of laid out for me because I do think that Dricus has the edge in power, mm-hmm. but I think Strickland has the edge, obviously, in cardio, defensive, striking, all that stuff. Um, he's more than happy to have a five-round fight, Strickland. He's done it loads. Mm-hmm. Dricus, I believe, has been booked in five-round fights, but he's never actually made it, had to go into the championship <laughs> rounds, as far as I'm aware. Had we not uh, seen him post-nose job... <clears throat> Uh, not nose
1: job, whatever surgery he's had. To I like it. to call it a nose job. Let's call it a, yeah, nose job. a nose job. Like, had we not have seen that performance, I think we'd be like, like Drickus five rounds, no chance. Nope. Uh, but I don't think that's... But we
0: still could say that because he only he's dispatched of Robert Whitaker in the second round. Mm, so maybe, we, st- we still maybe. haven't seen him in championship rounds yeah. or anything like that. I do think there's going to be a narrative out there which makes a lot of sense of like if Strickland gets through the first two rounds. And he's, you know, okay still. I think we could really see momentum shift. And in as the fight goes on, Drickus tires. I mean, look at his body as well. Drikus is a big middleweight, carries a lot of muscle. You know people like that tire quicker. Mm. So Strickland, if he can just survive the first two rounds, the fight could be his. Even if he's 2-0 down on the scorecards, he could win 3-4 and 5 and, and come back. What I wanted to pick up on and what you said about winning fights on the ground is I'd be really interested to see if Drickus tries to wrestle because that will drain the gas tank quicker, potentially, especially if Strickland gets to his feet a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think when you look at Strickland's middleweight run, he's fought mostly strikers. He hasn't fought people that have tried to really take him down. You look at most of uh, Strickland's fights. You're looking at Izzy Abus Magomedov, Imarov, Cananir, Pereira, Uriah Hall, uh, Jotko, uh, Jack Marshman. Mm-hmm. None of these guys are trying to take you down. They're That's all a very good point. strikers. <clears throat> Only um, uh, Brendan Allen and Hermanson, as he fought, that like it on the ground. But they're not really wrestlers. They are. They're grapplers, they're jujitsu guys mm. and stuff like that. I don't think of them as, as like your proper, I'm going to go and try and take you down mm. and uh, with like a double leg or, or anything like that. And Drickers can do that. Mm. And Drickers, as we saw in the Robert Whittaker fight, got close into the clinch and mm. did like a couple of throws and stuff that had to take that fight to the ground. And he really smashed up Robert Whittaker on the ground quite with some big elbows towards the end of that first round. So, I mean, when I look back at the last... Good, good wrestler that Strickland fought. I have to go back to his welterweight days and look at Kamara Usman. Mm. And Usman dominated him. Strickland was able to get back to the feet a few times, but Usman dominated him. Now, this is back before Usman was a champion. It's a long time ago. Strickland's improved a lot since then. Um, But we're dealing with a guy now that is a proper middleweight that is happy to try and take you down. Mm. Is it a risk because maybe it would drain Drickus' gas tank early, potentially? Mm. But I would... I would really like to see if Drickers can just throw in a couple of takedown attempts in the first you know, five, six minutes of the fight. And that might open up his striking a little bit more and maybe get uh, Strickland to drop those hands a little bit more, get out of that Philly shell and all that kind of stuff. And maybe that's where he can catch him with a big shot. Do you think it's going to be an exciting fight? Yeah, I really do. I really do. Say what you want about these men. I'm not looking forward to the press conferences. A lot of people are. I am not looking forward to the build-up to this fight. Both of them have said some very controversial things that I'm not a fan of. But when the two of them get into the cage, I expect both of them to come forward. And I don't really expect anyone to take a backward step. I mean, I don't think Drickers can fight like that, really. And I think Sean can potentially fight in a more counter-striking manner, but he loves to pressure forward and... I think given everything that Drickus has said recently, some of the things that Sean has come out saying, things like if he mentions certain aspects of my history again, I'm going to stab him. I'm like, really? Is that that where we're at, the middleweight champion of the world? And I know that what he's been through was incredibly traumatic and awful and I think it's out of of order for Drickus to have brought that up in the manner that he did in the press conference. Mm. But the middleweight champion of the world is is threatening to stab someone. Man, what, uh, like, you know, what are we doing? Uh, uh,
1: unfortunately, there's an element of of the fan community that probably quite enjoys it. Yeah. And what you've got in the UFC is an organisation that probably isn't going to kind of go. You can't say that, you know. Yeah. has many times gone. Hey, it's the fight game, and like, but I don't know. We spoke about this, didn't we, on on a previous episode when. Uh, that all the shit went down at the at the fight where he you know he jumped into Drickus and, and the press conference. But oh it's just grotty man. And it's like like you say, he's the champ. He should be better than that. And yeah. uh and if he's not and they're the things he wants to say, then just don't say anything. But yeah. It's become that's his kind of shtick now. Like that's what he does. He's yep. Sean Strickland. He talks he talks smack on the
0: mic and And say what you like about it, it's sort of made him a bit of a star. Massively. People gravitate towards massively. It. It's not right. my side,
1: so, but there you go. Who do you think <clears throat> the Canadian
0: crowd are gonna be cheering for? I think Strickland. I think Strickland. I think Strickland oddly has become a bit of an anti-hero for people. He is like the voice that's saying what some certain type of person wants to mm. say but can't or something like that or doesn't feel like they should, mm. he seems to just say it and I think for whatever reason, a certain type of person enjoys that. Um, so, yeah, there's there's that. So I think he will get the uh, the appreciation from the crowd. However, as far as I'm aware, he has said some derogatory things about Canada. Because, Canada, don't allow you to just walk around with a gun. <laughs> oh, Canada, why can't you just let us walk around with guns? Canada, come have on, the word oh, Come on, let's just give everyone a gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, he said some stuff about Canada. That he said some stuff about everyone and everything. But I, I wonder if the Canadians at this event might be... In agreement with some stuff that he said, okay. so I I think Drickus will be the bad guy here, and I think that Sean will be a kind of weird anti-hero that actually what gets a, a big cheer. What fucking world we live in, like in. But then look, don't get me wrong. I I think Drickus has said enough to make him the bad guy in a lot of these situations, yeah. and and as much as we have been on this show multiple times now talking about what Sean Strickland says about women, about LGBTQ community, uh, about women's MMA, about, you know, he he does not stop saying things that I think are just not very bright Mm -hmm. and are a bit offensive. However, Drickus has said some awful stuff as well and some of it about Strickland's past, which I thought was definitely crossing the line. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know if I... Care which one of them wins? No, I think
1: I I, I think I I do think that Drickus wins this fight, and yeah, because I don't want the champ to be Sean Strickland. I don't think it's a good look. Um, You know, you're constantly trying to, you know, get your friends on into MMA, into MMA, and and then. When you kind of go, because everyone middleway, what a division to watch? Yeah. And like, and then you go, who's the champ? This guy. You for mm. real? What's the deal with this? Like, yeah. it's not a good look, man. Like, it's,
0: it's it's not a good look. But for for whatever reason, it seems to be that a contingent of the fan base are well into it. Yeah. So it makes money. <clears throat> excuse me. It sells. So I think I think we might be in the minority of fans that that feel this way. I don't know. Let us know. I'm sure you will especially if you're a big Strickland yeah. we've had that before actually someone said I'm not watching this anymore because of what you said about Strickland <laughs> and I'm like probably calling us snowflakes I'm like that's the snowflakiest comment you've ever given <laughs> I can't watch this now because you said something about Strickland I'm not playing anymore I'm, not, I'm taking my ball back and going home
1: <laughs> so. did I just call him a melt yeah. and I think mean, someone got really upset <laughs> yeah, that I called did. him a melt <laughs>
0: well it worked for him the melt curse was exactly. was in full the effect. melt curse thank Jesus. god that didn't work for Colby um (coughs) absolutely but uh, yeah so all right so you're going for Drickus yes I'm also leaning Drickus but I have to say if we get into a third round of this fight and Drickus starts breathing through his mouth and Sean is just there with potentially blood on his face punching himself in the chin before he walks out for the round Mm. going I don't care let's just go I think Strickland could could take him into rounds four and five and get a late finish because uh I, I do worry about the 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 discrepancy in their cardio. Yeah, I'm just not that excited about this fight. I just, oh. I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of them. I'm excited about it as a fight. I yeah. think it will be a good fight. I hope. I'm so. not going to put too much of a dampener on it, as people they've said enough things that make me go, oh, I don't know that you're a mm. great person, mm. uh, but. I think that uh, as a fight, I I think it should be a really fun one. I think they're both going to come forward. They're both going to throw. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we get a really early finish. Mm -hmm. And I also wouldn't be surprised if we get an all-out war for five rounds. I don't think this fight will be boring. Mm -hmm. That is one thing. I don't think this fight will be boring. Well, I hope it's
1: good because
0: for the co-main, is it the co-main? It must be. It's the co-main, yeah, for the uh, vacant bantamweight title. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think.
1: Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I am very nonplussed.
0: Like, yeah. you excited about this? I think, again, this actually might be a, a, an okay fight. Mm-hmm. I, I think this could be good. I'm a, I am ai think Bueno Silva... He's on a finishing streak. She's really good. She's on a four-fight win streak. If you don't include the no contest that we spoke about in a previous episode, where it was uh, she tested positive for Ritalin, which is for her ADHD, but it wasn't declared previously, so she got four months suspension. And the Holly Home fight has been turned into a no contest. That's right. However, I don't know how much that had an effect on the fight. I think she finished Holly Home, and not many people finish. Home. And I think Bueno is looking really, really good. And then you cut over to Pennington, five fight winning streak. Yes, four of those are by decision, but you know, I these are two deserving people to fight for a belt. The Bantamweight division at the moment isn't looking great. Right. So I've found
1: this this quote. And uh Okay. Let's see what you make of this. Who's this from, or do you not want to tell me who it's from yet? No, it was it was just on it was just on a, uh, an MMA site. I was just flicking through the comments.
0: So I love how you're quoting just random person, just an
1: absolute fan,
0: absolute random person. Yep. Yeah. What's this going to say? Uh, so
1: um, at random guy wrote, uh,
0: <laughs> "It's kind of insane
1: that Silver went two two and one at flyweight, then changed to bantamweight, beat a can in Yunnan Wu." And a trio of our women in uh, Landsberg uh, and Holm, the first three of which were on the prelim cards, and now have a title fight. But what is even more insane is that it might that she actually might be the best current bantamweight in the organization. Talk about a bad division for the, that sequence of events to make sense.
0: <coughs> it's very unfair to start just labeling holly as just an old she's still one of the best it's not her mm-hmm. fault that the other the, the, the rest words, of the division at some random guy hey well you're quoting at random guy so you're, no, you're the, you you we... you are the mouthpiece for at random guy you're going to get this heat <laughs> so uh, yeah you can't you, holly home is a legend she's a former champion she is just uh, as as not just MMA, but kickboxing, boxing. She's oh, a I legend of combat Cone. sports. Sounds like you don't. Uh... Biggest shock. I've always said he's her and Ronda. <laughs> yeah. you, you never went with that. I always say that's the biggest yeah, because upset in I, I thought Holly had more of a chance than people were giving her. But I think that's unfair to, to point out that. But I also think if you're pointing out the fact that she's been on the prelims a lot, that's not Bueno Silva's fault. Mm. I mean, she's just had three finishes on the bounce. Mm. That's not her fault. Um... That's the UFC's fault. I think it's very fair to say, and maybe it's because the division as a whole isn't great. This used to be a premier division. Strawweight and flyweight have now massively overtaken bantamweight Mm -hmm. in in women's MMA as the the better divisions in the sport, the more exciting divisions in the sport. Bantamweight is now lagging behind that. Um, But if you've got ranked fighters fighting on prelims, mm. why are people going to get excited about them when they're then co-main event of fighting for the belt? They're not. So that's bad on the UFC. As in the marketing of fighters. The marketing of fight. You can't put these people on the bottom end of the prelims and then a fight or two later go, now they're fighting for the belt. Be excited. Fans are going to go, why? Mm. They were just on like the lower ends of the prelims. They're on the fight past prelims or something. Yeah. That's not the fighter's fault. That's the UFC's fault. Yeah. So, again, I think that's slightly harsh talking about it that way, unless their point was to critique the UFC. But getting back to the fight, I mean, Pennington has got way more experience. That is one thing that you've got to give to Pennington. I think Bueno Silva is a more lethal fighter, lethal on the ground with submissions. I think she's got more power in her hands. She uses, like, Muay Thai clinch to throw knees and stuff like that. Bueno Silva is the more dangerous fighter, in my opinion. But when it comes to experience and just doggedness and toughness, Pennington's got it in space. I mean, she is, she's fought Nunes, she's fought home twice, she's fought Jess Grandrage, she's fought Arena Aldana, who recently fought for the belt, Amisha Tate, Ketlin Vieira. She has fought the best of the best. Mm. And it is fair to say that her resume, even though a lot of those fights were losses, in terms of experience, it's way better than, and than Bueno Silva's. that really
1: come into his own. Because
0: this, I mean, <clears throat> is this the first time that Silva's fought five rounds? I believe it is. Pennington obviously has fought for mm. a belt before. So she has got... I don't know if she went the full five rounds with Nunes. She might have done. Or she got finished maybe quite late. So, But she is incredibly hard to finish, Pennington. She's only been finished by, I think, Katzingano, which was about 11 years ago in Invicta. Yep. And Nunes... For the title, yes, that was it, the Nunes for the title in 2018. They're the only ones to have ever finished Raquel Pennington. So it's going to be really, really tough to put Pennington away. And much like with the main event, there's a very real possibility that we get Bueno Silva dominating the first two rounds and then Pennington thinking or then gassing out and then Pennington coming on really strong for the last kind of three and a bit... or two and a bit rounds. And uh, we see the tables turn, the momentum shift. And, uh, yeah, and there's also... In terms of the possibility of it being a bit of a boring fight, I do think there's a world in which Pennington could just push Buenos Silver up against the fence... And keep her there. I think she'll be lacking in size, but I do think she's got that kind of dogged toughness where she could push her against the fence and potentially make it a bit boring. But we could see but, the best in, in Silver's
1: tie clinch in them points. Do you know what I mean? If you can get that up to potentially to the tie clinch, then we could see some, you know, some, some naughty knees and elbows. But yep. Yeah. Um, I haven't got a lot more to say about this one. I'm not, I'm no. not you know, super hyped for
0: it. I'm, I'm going for a Bueno Silver win. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I think. That she could get a finish early. And that's maybe what this division needs as well. It needs a champion, someone that's coming in, dispatching of people and not just grinding out like a decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to see something a bit more exciting. And Bueno Silva has provided that in the bantamweight division. And I think if we know anything about Dana, we know anything about the UFC, he does reward people when they're getting finishes. Yeah. And so that's probably another reason why Bueno Silva has zoomed up the rankings and got this opportunity. But yeah, let's, let's not uh, sugarcoat it. Bantamweight is, is in a poor place right now in terms of its mm-hmm. position as a division uh, with the loss of Nunes and, 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 and her kind of clearing out that division and no one else being close. But maybe we could see some exciting fights going forward, especially if Buena Silva's the champion. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. <clears throat> Oh, This is the one. Now I don't believe this is the next fight on the card. No, but I'm happy to skip through I, and, and get to this. I, I, one, I, I, I this get to one. This is
1: the one because uh, I mean, we, <coughs> we we love Arnold, right? Like he's he, you know, yeah. he's a future champ in my opinion. And uh, and and I did call that as well. That I said 2025. Yep. Uh, if all goes to plan, in uh, in a prediction that uh, a lot of people really did not like on TikTok. Um, oh really yeah yeah i said that max is going to be the champ at the end of the year Uh, one quote was um uh how to show you
0: know nothing about mma in one sentence (laughs) 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 i really hope for you that max does it now but uh but yeah no it's uh it was an interesting pick yeah i I, I think there was logic in it i mean it's very possible that taporia beats volk as sad as that makes me feel and then it's possible that Max beats Teporia. So, mm. it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think so. But if there is a rematch with Max, Arnold
1: takes it this time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's got to get through uh, a big test this Saturday.
0: I mean, and let's not underestimate that test. Mm-hmm. Evloev is 17-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. I think he's by far the best wrestler that Arnold Allen has fought. And he is also a good strike. I mean... I would go he's striking, fight. he's not as good as Arnold <clears> on <throat> striking. It's not as good, but he's still good. Mm. Like, if you're worried about the takedown, what that does is it's just like, if Arnold is a 10 out of 10 on striking, I'm not necessarily saying that he's a 10 out of 10, but let's just say for numbers, he's a 10 out of 10, and Evloev's a 7, the threat mm. of those takedowns will bring Arnold down to an 8 and boost mm. Evloev up to an 8. Like, those things happen. It's just, when, when you're someone that is just the striker... And you've got to worry about both the hands and feet coming at you and the takedowns. It just lessens your ability to be comfortable in, in, in those striking exchanges. You've got that extra thing to worry about. You see it all the time. Uh, and with wrestlers, as soon as they can land that takedown and show they can take you down, it really opens up their striking uh, and gives them confidence to throw. So, yeah. I I think Arnold is Evloev's toughest fight so far. A hundred percent. But Evloev is is the toughest wrestler Arnold has fought so far, and what Evloev does as well that is really scary. He's not one of those wrestlers that backs you up. He's not like Usman or Covington or someone like that, where they seem to have to back you up against the cage before they start going for the takedowns. Evloev will shoot for you in the middle of the octagon. He will take you down and grab a leg right in the middle of the octagon. You never know when it's coming. Where Leon's game plan against Usman was keep away from the fence, keep away from the fence. And then obviously deal with a takedown if it comes, but try and keep your back off that fence. That won't work with Evlev. He'll just shoot you in the middle of the cage. And it is, you just never know what's coming. And he's quick. He's explosive. It's a really tough, tough fight. I genuinely, I would go as far as... I mean, if we're
1: talking s- explosive, right? <clears throat> I don't know if you remember Arnold Allen he fought Dan Hooker. That was explosive, my friend. It was, but that was unique for Arnold to use the... He's clearly got the power. His hands are fast, man. That straight left he's got and that low kick, that's that... I I think the low kicks are
0: going to be really key for Arnold in this fight. Well, he's going to have to be very careful because if he throws a low kick that's a bit too slow or a bit off point, everyone will take him down with that. Mm. Arnold, his footwork and speed need to be on point and I would love for him to bring some of that Dan Hooker power. I know that ended up being a brawl which is maybe why he did it but got to let that power go because Ev- Evlu-ev, once he gets you down, if he gets your back, you can't get back up. Mm. It's, it's a really, really tough fight. I'd go as far as to say I'd back the winner of this fight to be a champ. Doesn't necessarily have to be in the next year or two, but the winner of this fight becomes a champion because I do think Evloev is that good mm. and I believe in Arnold as well. But I'm worried for Arnold because I do think this is a... Really, really tough, tough fight. I remember chatting to Leroy Murphy a, a while ago on something I did with him, and I think that he'd been in Thailand with, with and Evloev was there, and he was like, "That guy's a beast. He is very, very good." Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a real, real tough one for Arnold. But we're hoping that he he gets it done. So Arnold's been training out in Canada,
1: right? It looks like he has been, he been back at TriStar. It, it looks like yeah. he's been back out there for for a long time now. Um, I'm sure at TriStar there's some elite-level wrestlers and yeah. they're going to be schooling Arnold. Also, <coughs> Arnold Allen's strong,
0: man. He's really strong.
1: And, like, um, I, I just think it's it's his time. Look at how people were predicting things might go when he fought Max Holloway and look how fucking great he'd done against Max Holloway. I think... Yes, there's more wrestling, potential wrestling involved in this in this fight. You know, we know is predominantly a striker. Um, I think I, I think Arnold is is going to outstrike him, uh, and I think when he does get to the ground, it won't be, you know, Arnold's strength in 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 the fight. But I do think his actual strength will see him through it, and I I pick Arnold by decision.
0: I think that's a good bit. I think I. I think this will probably be a decision. I think this is likely to be a decision, whether it's Evloev taking his back and just dominating him for three rounds or whether it's Arnold just keeping it on the feet, picking him with strikes. I'd love to see Arnold get a finish because he's got the power. Mm. I just feel like he doesn't always let it it go, Mm. but he has to be so careful in this This fight.
1: This is an important fight for Arnold because, yes, he's got the max loss. No one's... His stock has not gone down. If anything, it went up after Mm -hmm. that fight because he went from not fighting that regular... To then, all of a sudden, he's fighting Max Holloway, mm-hmm. and he put in a fantastic performance, and you know, and it was it was pretty close. It was close. And aren't you know, um, our, you know as, as we say, you know, aside from from Volk, Max is the best in the world, mm. and I, I think this is this is a very winnable fight for for Arnold, and I think he's going to do it, and I think he'll do it by decision.
0: I, I really hope so, and I can definitely see that happening. I'm a big Evluev fan though, mm. and I do think Evluev is very, very good. But yeah, got to pick Arnold. Praying for Arnold, hoping for Arnold. Absolutely. But uh, but yeah, I, I, if Evluev does win this fight, mm. the thought of Evluev versus Topuria on
1: Arnold to win this because if he loses this, <clears throat> it's a long way back for a title shot.
0: Yeah, possibly he's going to get fed to a few killers and yeah. stuff. But but I think he's young. Like both these guys, I think are only 29 years old. I think Arnold's mm. 30 very soon. But both these guys are twenty nine years old like they've they've got more chances yeah. got more chance. and again, either of them losing to the other as much as it sets them back because they haven't got that kind of star power personality mm-hmm. appeal that the u f c seems to go for they will have to fight a good few fights before getting back, but mm-hmm. they can because they're that good and losing to the other one is is not a a, a shameful thing like that they they are both top 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 fighters and <clears throat> obviously we want Arnold to win, but if Evloev won and he's undefeated and Teporia beats Volk and he's undefeated, that is some fight to potentially have in the future, the two of those undefeated featherweights going at each other. Absolutely, so absolutely. Yeah. Come on, Arnold, mate. Come on, Arnold. <laughs> With your huge,
1: muscular, <clears throat> beautiful back. Um, Mike Malot's a handsome man, isn't he? <laughs> he is he's a good looking lad, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Um Hometown Hero. Hometown
0: uh, hero, yeah. He, he fights
1: out of Sacramento, I believe, but he is uh, he is Canadian. He
0: is Canadian. Uh
1: he got the win at the last uh UFC over there, didn't he?
0: He did, and he really got the crowd going. Mm. They love him. I think this is really good matchmaking for 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 Mike Mallot I mean he, he's 3-0, I think, since getting into UFC with three finishes, another guy being rewarded for finishes. Is he contender series? Yes, I believe yeah. so. Um, he's not faced anyone of Magny's uh, stature and ability yet. Uh, and if this isn't in Canada, I'm not even sure if he does get this fight, but I think the fact that he's had the finishes, the fact that it is in Canada, I think the UFC are hoping to set him up for a special win. And... Uh, It'd be a shame for Magny. Obviously, he's coming off the, the Gary loss. But uh, if he if he stops the hype train that is Mike Mallott, puts him back in, not necessarily in the mix for anything huge, but just cements his place and his status as that kind of guy you have to get through, that game Fuck being Neil Magny, man. I but, know. Uh, he keeps getting all the tough fights. But what do you do? I mean, it's just he's, he, yeah. he's fallen at the hurdles at the top of the division, but he's beat the guys that can't quite get ranked or are outside of the top kind of 12. I, I wonder how <coughs> rounded uh, Malott
1: is because, we, again, I think he's very just well to rounded. kind of go back to the, 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 the Gary fight, we've still not seen much of Ian Gary's groundwork no. uh, in the UFC. We saw it in Cage Warriors uh, and, it, and it was solid and it can only have got better uh, since then. But I think Malotti's is definitely more... I, I think he's a more exciting striker... Um, than the the Neil Magny, For and I, sure. I, I, again I think, you know, much like um, Drickers, I, I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna see. Magny, try and get this down and, and on the ground and try and sort of...
0: Well, Malots look dangerous on the ground when he when he gets there. Mm. He has taken people down. He has got, like, guillotines and, and, and Give stuff. Give Neil up. Magny a break, man. I'm just <laughs> trying to kind of throw him a bone here. Yeah? I know, I know. I mean, look, we know what Magny brings. He brings very good cardio. He's mm. rangy. He's awkward. He does do well with his grappling. I think he's stronger than he looks. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, I mean, look, this is good matchmaking. If Magny only really loses to fighters that are like top 10 kind of guys, mm-hmm. you know, he loses to the Garrys, Burns, Shavkats, Kiesas, uh RDA way back when. Um, if Malot looks good against him and potentially even gets a finish... yeah. That's it, man. This guy is is coming to be a, a top five guy, potentially. And um, and I think welterweight's looking great at the moment. Like welterweight oh, in terms of like young guys coming through to really freshen up that that division. You've got like Ian Gary, Sean Brady, Shavkat, uh, Jack Della Maddalena, uh, and now uh, Mike Malott as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, welterweight is looking very, very healthy.
1: You, you pick Malott.
0: I'm going to pick Malot just for the, the buzz of the home crowd. Yeah. But, uh, but if Magny gets it done, that's what Magny does in these kinds of fights. He, yeah. he can certainly do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I will go with you on that as well. No. I well, I, I guess there's, there's not loads of other fights that I, I, I wanted to sort of talk about on this we've card. Not, we've
0: not spoken about Chris Curtis versus Marc-Andre Barrio, which is a main card fight, mm-hmm. I believe. But let's skip ahead to the Englishman. Yes, absolutely. Sam Patterson. Sam Patterson. Is taking on Lenace, I think uh, how you pronounce his name.
1: It's, uh, yeah, is it Leneis? Yeah, I guess so. Lene's,
0: I, yeah. Anyway, this show's a... Lenesi. y Yeah, Patterson going up to welterweight for this one.
1: I, I think he has got to put on something good here, and I think he's going to want to put on something good because the last time when <laughs> Sam made his UFC debut was at london we was there and it yeah. was horrible uh he got knocked out yes then he had another round fighting the ref and it was it was rough yeah. and uh and it must have been a very very bitter pill to swallow that mm-hmm. um and so i want to see him come back because you know he's his record's solid you know yeah. um and I, you know I'd love to see this I'd, I'd love to see this and and Leonis come off of he, he was the guy that Malot beat wasn't he
0: yes I mean it's a tricky one I don't know what to think about the move to welterweight I mean what I like is that he's had a good like nine months off since mm. that knockout so he's recovered which yeah. I like unlike for example in UFC 298 we'll be talking about Volkanovski yeah. uh, who hasn't taken that time Sam's taken that time mm. which I, I think is really mature really good move is moving up to welterweight the right thing to do? I mean, he's six foot three or whatever. He cuts so he must cut a lot of weight to get down to lightweight, but he is a slim, slim man. Mm. And you look at Linnaeus, and you can't necessarily tell in this photo so much, but when you watch him fight, he looks thick set.
1: Well, I mean, this is a photo, you know, uh, b- b- before that jump to, to, to 170. So hopefully, you know, we're going to see a, 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 you know, a, a bigger Sam Patterson. Yeah,
0: but... So that's what I'm saying. Is like if he's but just decided, three, not, I know what are yeah, saying. If he's just decided not to cut, and he's going up against these bigger boys, yeah. that worries me. Because also, Sam fights in sometimes a very, very exciting way, but <clears throat> defensively, he's got a little bit of the paddy pimblet about him sometimes, mm-hmm. where he's quite upright and his chin is in the air a bit. And I hope that he is looking at that and remedying that as well. Because mm-hmm. even if you watch his contender series fight. He got clipped. Mm. Quite a few times he got clipped. Mm. Uh, And at this level, especially if you're going up in weight with these more powerful people... If he gets clipped, he could get knocked out again. And and I'd, I really hope that's not the case. I mean, he's going into enemy territory, uh, so he's going to get booed. But hopefully he can yeah, silence Yeah, L- the... L- uh,
1: Lanacy is a, a, Canadian. a Canadian, isn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So he's going to get booed. They're going to cheer for the Canadian man. Do you know what? Does that <laughs> alleviate the pressure from Sam?
1: Because walking out into London for your debut at the O2, the pressure must have been unbelievable. That A, yeah. he would have put on himself and A, the expectation of there's the Brit in the Octagon, you know, in London, you know, he's got to win. Everyone's roaring for him. Here, can he channel them boos and just go right? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in enemy territory here. This is all to be played for, and I, I think, I don't know. We we it was very close. Sam got uh, was poorly, wasn't he, a little while ago? Yes, we he nearly. He due to come in yeah. uh, and, and and talk to us, and and we'll get Sam in uh, after this fight uh, to to uh, to have that catch up with him. But I think sometimes going into that environment where all of the expectation is on your opponent and you know you're freed up to just focus on what you've got to do. Uh I hope that's the case and I hope that, that, that Sam gets a win and uh and comes back to the UK hyped for for, for uh, an exciting career, maybe at one seventy.
0: Yeah, yeah, look. I really hope you're right. I, I really hope so. He's, he's he's good on the ground, Sam, as well. He's got those kind of like thin arms that can get into like a dash choke and a guillotine really, really well. And he's got a few of those finishes on his record as well. Um, so yeah, I, re- I, I really hope he can do it. But there's going to be pressure on him regardless because he lost his last fight. He lost his debut. If he loses two in a row, especially if it's in like both knockouts, then there's the thing of like, well, are you going to get cut? And stuff like that which I obviously we're hoping doesn't happen with Sam, but... You just never know. Fingers crossed for him. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Um, Any other fights that we want to talk about? Do we want to quickly mention uh, Chris Curtis versus Marc-Andre Barrio? I mean, there's not a huge amount at stake. I think Chris Curtis is ranked 13th, so if Andre Barrio gets a win, he'll be ranked in the top 15. Chris Curtis obviously trains with Strickland. That's, I think that's,
1: that's probably why that's there, isn't it? They're buds, isn't it? They're and, buds. Uh- and,
0: and Barrio's another Canadian. Mm. Uh, so that makes sense. You know, Strickland and Curtis on the same kind of camp schedule. That's probably really good for them and their mm. preparations. And then uh, Marc-Andre Barrio gets to fight at home. Um, I think that... This could be a fun fight. I I think there's there's a world in which they both come forward. Marc-Andre Barrio, I think, will probably prefer it more of a kickboxing range. Chris Curtis is that little bit smaller, and I think he'll want to do that kind of like almost a sort of Sean Strickland style where he comes forward and and does move around a lot and has a a sort of Philly shell kind of style every now and again with his boxing. Not quite to the level of of Strickland, but he has a a similar style at points um, and very rarely uses his wrestling. And I think... He's fought a weight before. I think using his wrestling is going to be tough up at mm. middleweight against a big guy like Barrio, but you never know. But I think this could be a fun fight and it could become like a, just a scrappy war. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that could be, could be fun
1: absolutely um, if you've not checked out the archives of this show um, you can go and catch some episodes that we've done with Arnold Allen in the past we've had Arnold on a couple of times uh, had some great chats with Arnold uh, in the lead up to his fight with Dan Hooker where we had Dan and Arnold on and, and the banner between them was fantastic um if you're listening to this podcast uh, and you've not come over to YouTube and, and watched the show, come and give it a look because uh, we've got a, a very flashy little studio that's bloody freezing. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs>
0: Can you see my breath? Because I've seen yours a few times.
1: <sighs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's actually uh,
0: when we did... Random story, but when we did the second series of The Inbetweeners, the school that we were in was uh, like not available to film in, so we had to film in this like abandoned army barracks, and it was freezing. And before every take, you'd be like having to drink cold water because they could see your breath. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember there was a scene where we're waiting outside Mister Gilbert's office, and all four of us have just got cold water. And we're like. <laughs> <laughs> They're ready to go now. I'm <laughs> trying to make sure that no one could see our breath on camera because yeah. you could see it on camera. It was so cold. Yeah. That's what this is reminding me of because I've seen your breath quite Absolutely.
1: A All you fighters out there training to just try and win that next fight, there's the real fight right there.
0: <laughs> Be an actor. <laughs> yeah, having to drink man. cold water
1: so they can't see oh, the breath.
0: Horrible, <laughs> horrible. Weight cut's more about like cold water, mate. That's, that's where it's at. <clears throat> um, give
1: us a follow on um, the socials. We're, I guess we're most active on TikTok and... Um, Instagram, but we are also on uh, X and Facebook, so please go and give us a follow, um, it's great to see that these uh, the views on these videos are creeping up, creeping up, creeping up, we're putting a lot of work into this and we really appreciate all the support so uh, if you haven't clicked subscribe yet, please do, and, uh, and we will see you for the post-fight show, come on
0: Arnold Allen let's go Arnold and Sam, Sam Patterson and Arnold Allen, let's do it